Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you get financial independence, quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. And today, we're going to be talking all about getting lots and lots of deals, like a wholesaler, like a flipper, us as real estate investors, meaning deal flow. And today, I'm bringing on a fantastic expert that flips or wholesales or buys total of 200 houses a year. That's a lot of deals, and we're going to show you how to do it too. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on, guys? Super pumped and blessed to have you here on the show with me. Now, there is something that's been going on in the economy lately. And you guys probably, if you've been listening to me for a little while, I've been saying that there's got to be some sort of correction in the real estate market sometime, like just sometime. It's got to happen eventually. Well, if you've been listening to me for a while, I think it was back in 2018, I thought there was going to be a correction then things like you know, the economy started taking off, and obviously 2020 just got everything roaring. Then the Fed started printing loads and loads and loads of money. It just interest rates being really, really low. So market and the economy just kept going up and up and up. But right now, I'm seeing a lot of cracks in the economy. Now, at the same time, there are like it hasn't broken yet. There, <laughs> there has not a recession. There's no crash. There's no uh, really retraction much or correction in the market. But that's not to say there are not warning signs, which in fact, there are actually lots of warning signs. In fact, recently, the Bureau of Labor Statistics in June, they put out a number for the total jobs loss. And I'm going to read something to you. And it's really, really interesting. So in, here's a nutshell of what happened. So in June, they originally reported the payroll originally was reported at $209,000. And then it was revised one month later in July to $185,000. And then two months later, it's revised again down $105,000. Well, I saw that and I said, let me actually look it up. So I went to the Bureau and Labor Statistics, their website. And it's a governmental website, and they actually put out some stuff. I was reading. It's kind of boring reading that stuff, but I actually found some really interesting stuff inside their most recent press release. So this is really crazy because there are signs that there is going to be some problems in the market. But I'm going to tell you, if you are ready, and hopefully you are ready, you've been saving money, you've been cutting out your debt, you've been increasing your income, hopefully getting a raise, maybe getting a second job, you need to be ready for this fantastic investing time that's coming up very, very quickly. And on top of that, you also need to be investing yourself. Like if you're not investing right now, if you're not looking for deals, if you haven't built your business, you're going to be behind the eight ball, which means you're gonna be late to the game. Like, and think of investing like catching a wave. If you're surfing, I love to surf. I personally surf and I love it. And what you do when you see a wave coming, which is what I'm seeing right now in the real estate market, there's going to be a huge wave of lots of properties going to be very good for us to buy. Well, when you see that wave coming, you don't wait until after the wave is at you, at where you're at or even past you to start paddling or even try to catch that wave. But what you do is you actually start paddling well before the wave even gets you because you need momentum. You need to be ready for that wave. And then when that wave gets to you, 
you literally, you're already moving and then you just stand up on the board and the wave takes over. That's the same thing with, with real estate investing. You need to make sure that you have, like I said, cash in the bank, other people ready to give you money or lend you money, private money lenders, hard money lenders, mortgage brokers, like you need to have your business built. You need to have your property managers. You should even already have a couple properties in a specific city that you can continually buy more properties at. It's like if you are fishing in a lake, you do not just wait, eventually throw your line in. No, you want to have your line in so you know where the fish are. You want to know how to catch them when there's, you know, all the fish come in to where it's actually going to be time to start catching the fish. So here's what the Bureau of Labor Statistics actually stated in their report. So I'll start at, there's, there's, it's really long, but I'm going to read a couple things to you. So the first one, in August, the number of persons not in the labor force who currently want a job was 5.4 million people. That means they're in the labor force, but they're not currently looking for the job. So they're not even counting 5.4 million people as in unemployed. They're not even counting them as unemployed. And it says these individuals were not counted as unemployed because they were not actively looking for work during the four weeks preceding the survey or were unavailable to take a job. So that's Think of all the people that they say they're already unemployed right now. Like they're actively unemployed, meaning they just got out of a job. They're looking for another job. They count those people as unemployed. But the 5.4 million people that are not, they don't even count those 5.4 million people. That's a lot of people that don't have jobs. And this is where I was really wanted to research, but I found this. And this is what it says. The change in total non-farm, you know, farm workers, people working on the farm, Payroll employment for June was revised down by 80,000 from 185,000 to 105,000. And the change for July was revised down by 30,000 from 87 to 157,000. With these revisions, employment in June and July combined is 110,000, lower than previously reported. My goodness. So in June, they came out with, and they basically said, okay, in June, we have 209,000. Now they drop it to 185,000. Now it's dropped down to 105, half, like cut in half. So I am saying this by helping you to understand that at least what I'm seeing is that there are some cracks in the dam of this, uh, I guess, economy that we have. And I am not excited for the problems that are going to come from a down market like we had in 2008, 2009. I don't know if it's going to be that bad, but there will be a correction. I'm not going to be, I'm not excited about people losing their job, their homes and losing their jobs. But if you are prepared like I am, you will absolutely be ready to take advantage of this market. I, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said when there's blood in the streets, basically if there's people that are just, they can't afford anything, that's when you need to be buying very wise saying, I think it might've been Warren Buffett say, when people are buying, you need to be selling. And when people are selling, you need to be buying. And that is where we're going to be hopefully pretty soon. I'm really looking forward to buying lots and lots of properties. And so are my students. And with that, I am super pumped that, well, my students have been asking, well, Dustin, it's really hard to get deals right now because people are not selling their homes. And, you know, a lot of realtors, they'll say, well, prices are not coming down because there's no inventory. Realtors love the term inventory. Oh, there's low inventory. There's high inventory. It's all about the inventory. In my opinion, they don't know what they're talking about because the inventory is low because nobody wants to sell their house because they would have to sell their house and then buy another house 
at a higher interest rate at a really high price. Why would they do that when they are also lowering prices or values of the homes? With that, what I'm seeing is nobody's putting their homes on the market. And what my students are saying to me is, Dustin, it's really hard to find deals because homes are not coming to the market. Well, there are fantastic ways to find properties. And my guest that I bring in on today has done 200 deals in this last year, either flipping them or wholesaling them or keeping them for his own private portfolio of properties. He's actually also going to be coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference in 2024. He's going to be in St. Louis. He actually lives in St. Louis and he's going to be there. He's going to be teaching on basically how he created a $45 million portfolio of properties using no money, using seller financing, using subject to basically creative ways. But then today I'm bringing him on to share with us how he is getting so many deals and how you can get deals for your business to invest in and make passive income for the long term. I am bringing on a fantastic real estate investor, Sam Prim, and Sam is going to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I want you to be there as well. Get your tickets and actually even get them 10% off of the face value of the ticket use the word podcast. I'll know you came from my podcast. I really appreciate it. You could come see me in the halls, walking down the halls. I'll literally help you to find the right people so that you can network. That's something I absolutely love to do. But get your ticket. Go to rubecon.com. Use the promo code password. And now let's jump into today's show where I'm interviewing a fantastic real estate investor who has done 200 deals and lives in St. Louis. It's going to be with us at RubeCon. Here is Sam Prim with Faster Freedom. Sam, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate you having me, Dustin. And I like we were chatting before. And then as soon as we went live, you got this radio voice, a little bit of a tweak, and I love it. Super, <laughs> super. I like it a lot. Awesome, buddy. Let's talk a little bit about what you do in your real estate investing business. And then we'll, after we get through that, I want to talk a little bit about your background so we understand how you got here. But first, what do you do in your real estate investing business that our listeners can grab a hold of? Like I said, a lot of my students and a lot of listeners are like, man, how do we get deals in this market right now? Yeah, deals deals can be tough to come by. I think there's a, a shortage of housing everywhere, whether we're talking distressed or fixed up, however it looks. So um, yeah, we buy about 250 to 300 houses a year, all here local in St. Louis. We do a lot of networking and we buy a lot of houses for a zero actual dollar cost. And then we spend, you know, 50 to 60 grand a month on marketing. So we can really dig into how we find these deals and how we, you know, negotiate them and certain strategies and certain, certain things we do to get them to come across our plate. Because if you get a good deal at a good price, um, you'll be able to figure out the best way to monetize it. You can flip it, you can wholesale it and keep it as a rental, whatever makes sense for you. It's just getting those deals is the hard part. Yeah, we definitely love passive income. That's the main goal. And I don't like wholesaling and flipping as a main business model personally, because once I sell the property, I don't make any more money. I have to do it over and over again. But I love your model too, your business model, because you know you got to get deals in order to get rental properties. But at the same time, there are really good deals that you can make money that you can help you help you buy and hold on to long-term properties, which is fantastic. Now, how did you get into, now? right now you're flipping like 50 properties or wholesaling 150 properties, like you're doing a lot every single year, but you didn't start there. Tell me, talk to me about how you got into the real estate investing and what made you be able to scale your business like you have. 
Yeah, so super, super unique story here. You know that uh, there's a book I read called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You probably never heard of it, um, but it's a cool book to check out. I, I think it's uh, not very many people have read it, but no, um, I, I graduated college and was in, quote unquote, the real world. I had, a, I had a full-time job and I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, started to think about investing and I, I wanted to do something on the side. I just didn't know what it was. Real estate seemed, that book showed me, seemed like the best path to do that. So I started to invest on the side with the full-time job for about you know two, three years years, grew up a few rentals and a few flips and here and there, and then got comfortable enough uh, to quit that job and went full-time. So I started investing like 2014, 15 timeframe and quit my job in 2018. And I, I started with just one single family rental property. I, I thought that I was going to flip it because I thought you had to put 20% down on every rental property um, that you bought. You know, So I didn't have enough money to put down on a rental property, extra cash. So I just thought I'll flip this house, You know, use a private lender. I remember watching the HGTV shows. I knew you could borrow money to flip houses. I didn't know about the long-term refinancing and cash outs and things like that. So I, I bought a property with a private lender's money and my plan was in the middle of the rehab was to flip it and make 25, 30 grand and put that money down on a rental. But during that process, I found out about cash out refinances and 80% loans and all that stuff. So I ended up keeping that property. And then the next six or seven I did were, were single family rentals that I ended up keeping. And then I discovered wholesaling. Then I discovered, you know, I can, if this one doesn't cash flow, I might as well just sell it and still make money on it. So I knew a little bit and read a little bit, but I learned about 98% of it by actually doing it and screwing up and falling and, and figuring out how to get up and, and keep moving forward. That's exactly how I learned. But at the same time, I realized how much time I actually wasted. If I would have piggybacked up off of somebody, started working for a company that was doing something like this, if I got a coach or got something that would help me fast track it, and I wish I would get my life back. So I was 27 years old when I first started investing. And about 37 was when 36 to 37 when I quit my job. And so I am so blessed now. I've coached so many students that I have students quitting their job in three four and five years. I mean, it's just so, because you could fast track, like, hey, all these problems that I went through, let me show you how to bypass those, hurdle over those, fast track past those. I love it. Now, one thing that I know my students would, and an audience would love to know is how do, because you've, if you've wholesaled hundreds of properties a year and flip hundreds of properties a year, it seems like deal flow is not that big of an issue for you, which is phenomenal. Now, would you mind sharing what area of the country? Is it in St. Louis or you know outside area or is it someplace else? And then how do you get started getting that deal flow coming in? Because we look for wholesalers, but what if you want to do that yourself? Yeah, so everything is in St. Louis that we do or the metro area, the few counties around St. Louis on the Missouri side. So everything here is local. We have six full-time acquisition reps. Their job is to go find deals. Now we provide them marketing leads, but each deal they buy from our marketing, they're supposed to buy at least one from their networking, contacting other wholesalers, real estate agents, other connectors. We buy from elder law attorneys. We buy from you know senior care facilities. We go there and, and get to know them. And, and I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you. 
and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Uh, we get to have our brochure and a lot of their little um, flyers that they hand out to people if they're thinking about moving in because a lot of those people can't move in until they sell their house. And a lot of those people that need to move in, um, you know, something happens, somebody passed away that's taking care of them, a, a spouse, or, you know, they just can't take care of themselves anymore. That house probably hasn't been updated in in a few decades. So it's going to be hard for, um, you know, them to sell. So we just make those connections and make ourselves felt throughout the community as far as, you know, networking. And we buy from a bowling alley owner who writes above his, um, above his bowling alley lanes, Ben buys houses. And, you know, he's in the drinking leagues with people bowling and just has a big sphere of influence. And when something happens to somebody in their sphere that they need to get rid of a, a property that's the stress. They call him, he calls us. So that kind of thing. So there's a lot of that going on. We buy, I'd say 60, 65% of our houses are from networking, quote unquote, with wholesalers, agents, and connectors is what we call them. Then the other 35% is from marketing. Now, I think you mentioned that you tell your students and, and followers and listeners to, to talk to wholesalers. And that's what I would say. If you're looking to buy five houses or less a year, I would do it all through networking. You don't waste your money on uh, marketing that if you don't have enough to follow through and be continuous with it and do it every month. So I'm um, not to have too much of a data dump here, but I would I would focus on the networking um, because you're going to build relationships that will bring you deals continuously over the years to come. But if you're going to be spending some money, you know, we do, we've dabbled in TV, we do direct mail, we do pay per lead. Um, we just hired a call center to start doing some calling. Um, you know, we we have the, uh, you know, pay-per-click stuff, Facebook ads. So we do a little bit of everything. For new investors, I usually tell them if they want to start to take control of their lead flow, a couple of different things. One would be to drive for dollars. When you're driving around on your way to work, just take a different way to work every day, take a different way home every day and, you know, 10, 15 minutes extra a day just to get a handful of, um, potential properties that you know you want to buy because you drove by them and you saw the condition and use a deal machine app or something like that for that. That's a great way to spend a little bit of time. And then bandit signs are really good. Those two foot by three foot signs. You say that we buy house on the side of the road. Those are, you know, you don't want to put your cell phone on it. Use a Google number, but, uh, or you can get them printed out or you can get them blank and write Sharpie on them, but those will get calls and those get leads. So um, those are that kind of the two entry level things I tell people because they don't cost a ton of money. But if someone's willing to spend some money that the next route I would probably go would be either Facebook ads or direct mail. You know, they, they need to continuous. You can't do them for one month. You got to do them for six months or a year to get a result. So not everybody has that much money to spend or has that much patience to, to wait it out until the deals start flowing in. And with those, like the marketing style, because I definitely want to go back into the networking just a little bit, but just quickly looking at the marketing style, the marketing does cost money. I mean, you can't just, I don't think you can. I mean, some people probably get lucky. But if you just say, I'm going to do one mail campaign, direct mail campaign, I'm just going to do one and then hope to get a deal, like that's that's going to be hard. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's follow-up. You have to be able to follow up. Most people might just throw it away. Maybe they, like three weeks later, they get that same exact mailer and they're like, and it, it hits them right in the right spot. Like they're at the right time. They like, I really can look at it and I really might want to sell. But it, you got to do it over and over again, especially Facebook marketing ads. Oh my goodness. it's That's a black hole of money. I think Facebook marketing for me personally. Okay. So with the idea of marketing and Having somebody like a wholesaler, because I love working with wholesalers. I talked about this originally. 
In order to find wholesalers, a lot of my students say, well, it's hard to find good wholesalers. You know, it's easy for anybody to say, yes, I'm a wholesaler, but if they don't get deals, then they're not really a wholesaler. Maybe they get one or two a year that just don't fit. But if you're doing 100 plus deals a year, that is somebody that's actually doing a lot of good work that brings deals in. So in the networking space, my students, we love buy and hold. We don't necessarily want to do all of the work to find the properties. How do we find a good wholesaler and start working with that one wholesaler or multiple wholesalers? Yeah, piggyback one thing on, on your direct mail thing. We get almost an exact same amount of leads from our first letter, second letter, third letter, fourth letter, and fifth letter. So you cannot do it one time. Um, we Our last three direct mail buys have been from letter fours and letter five. So you have to, or postcard fours and five. So we split tests. So yeah, you have to continually do it. You're right. And then as far as getting to know wholesalers, so there's good news and there's bad news. The uh, The bad news is if you want to find, I always tell people, find five good wholesalers that have continuous deal flow that you befriend and are friends in and outside of business. But you're probably going to have to go through 25 to 30 because there's so many people that say, I'm a wholesaler. They are trying to daisy chain or wholesale a wholesale property to you. They don't really spend money on marketing. They don't get good deals. They're just wasting your time and everybody's time. And unfortunately, you're going to have to go through those. So I tell people, spend the next six months, you're probably going to have to attempt to befriend 20 to 30 wholesalers, but you can get five good ones out of that, that you connect with. You have kids that are a similar age. You have the same sports team you follow. Whatever it is, get to know those wholesalers at a little bit deeper of a level because if they're a good wholesaler, they already have a stable of probably pretty good cash buyers that they bring their deals to already. And then anything you see, especially at first, or you see blasted on an email blast or a Facebook group is probably one that's been shopped already to their, their key buyer network. And that doesn't mean that there aren't good deals there because there are for sure, but they're just maybe a little bit fewer and farther in between. So get to know many wholesalers. How do you do that? Um, Google it. <laughs> you Google um, house buying companies in St. Louis, Faster House My Company will be right there near the top. And guess what? But we wholesale 200 to 250 houses a year to people that turn around and make money on them. Not every deal is a home run, but we sell home runs. Right? The last two houses that my students bought from us, they made 40 on a flip. They made 45 grand on the flip. And the other one is cash flowing 280 bucks a month with today's interest rate. So other marketing companies like mine, you know, we're, we're one of the bigger ones in St. Louis, but every market has them. Get to know those big companies and get to know their dispo agents and, and befriend them. And maybe they'll shoot you their, the hot leads or they'll, they'll have a deal that their buyers are looking on that they know you'd like to buy in this area because you befriended them. And they'll maybe try to back into a deal knowing that you're the buyer. So that's the simplest way, I think, that not many people actually utilize. And then those bandit signs you see on the side of the road that I mentioned, those are wholesalers. So if you're not driving, snap a picture of them, call them and text them and get to know them. I'm um, going to your local meetups is a great place to go because you can go on Facebook groups and there's good wholesalers and knuckleheads on there and all those things, right? But if you're at a meetup, somebody got in their car, they drove, they went somewhere, they didn't really know somebody, they're just more skin in the game, they're more likely to take action and you're meeting them in person and shaking their hand or giving them a fist bump. So um, we have a local meetup in St. Louis, 30 to 40 wholesalers come every single month. We have 250 people come every month. So um, anyways, not to give too long-winded of an answer, I think those are the first two or three places I would go to start to develop that relationship. But knowing it's going to take a little bit of time, you can't do this for 60 days and give up and you know you didn't get a house, you got to stick with it. I love that. And I'm 100% right. And I know my all of my businesses, I literally have five businesses that make me money, but all of them, they grow so much better when I network, when I work with other people. If you start thinking, because I used to think this exact same way when I was first started investing in real estate, 
I come from a team sport atmosphere. I played sports all my life, and I was always like, it's a competition. You can't help other people. Like, if they take a deal from you, it's not one. But it's that was the worst at all. Like, that mindset literally held me back so much than if I were working with other people. As I grow and work with other people, man, my businesses grow so much more. Okay, so I know that my students are also thinking, maybe I could wholesale. Maybe I could start maybe that wholesale business where I start getting cash flow coming in and then I can cherry pick really good properties. Let's say I get 15 properties a year and then maybe I keep one or two of them, but I'm taking that rest of the money that I make selling those properties to um, an investor, make, taking that money to then buy it or even provide for my family. So if somebody wanted to start getting it or basically get into wholesaling, what is the best direction? Now we got we covered networking. We have to network. If you're not networking, you're you're missing out on everything. But from there, do we also have to spend a lot of money? Is there like any fast track or any quick ways to really start making a good headway in wholesaling? Yeah, I wish there was a way to like do it quickly. I think there are certain things you can do to speed up the process, but it's just simply, and I think this is the reason why there aren't more super successful wholesalers and honestly, super successful people is you got to have the expectation that delayed gratification, that things take time. It doesn't happen overnight. The 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 15 minute millionaire that you see spent five years doing what they're doing and they finally hit it. So I think a lot of people want it to happen quickly, like you're saying. And the fact that it just rarely, rarely does, they end up giving up right before they kind of hit that line or they meet that one connection that makes a difference. So that being said, I think, you know, um, spending some money on marketing, being professional as possible, having, you know, an LLC, having your funding lined up if you do need to close. Because obviously you can double close or assign every single property you come across. But if you can put a non-contingent cash offer on the property, knowing you can close on it and then close on it and really blast it out and maximize your profit or be able to close on it and fix it and flip it if it's a you know quick rehab or just be able to close on it because you can't get access to get enough people in it to get the highest number possible. So I think having some funding lined up via local private money, local hard money is huge. Or if you have your own money, like a home equity line of credit or something like that. So I think having some funding lined up will differentiate you and will allow you to put more attractive offers in front of sellers as well as other wholesalers. Because we buy a lot from wholesalers and we turn around and we flip it or we turn around and then wholesale it again after we close on it or something like that. And they know that they know what we are. We're, we're a well-known name in St. Louis. So I think having some money is something that a lot of people don't think about trying to get. It doesn't have to be your own cash. And then that marketing thing, you know, picking maybe one or two channels. I think the worst thing you can do is create a website, pay someone to do some SEO on it, do pay uh, you know, PPC, Google AdWords, spend 500 bucks on Facebook, spend 2000 bucks on, on, you know, direct mail and just spend your money in all these different places. I would, I would think pick one or two channels, whether that be direct mail um, or Facebook ads or paper leads is the thing that's really that we've actually taken advantage of. Last month, we bought six houses from a paper lead provider. It's just uh, somebody that go that does finds the lead and then they sell you the lead for like three, 400 bucks or something like that. And if it's a horrible lead, you can't get a hold of them. They'll all refund you usually. But um, it's something that you know you're getting leads from. It's probably more than you getting it on your own, but it's very reasonable. So I think just picking a lane or two and going a little bit deeper before you go wide. And then again, something not a lot of people think of, but I think having some funding in the background can help uh, kind of be your little ace in the hole. Everybody, definitely, you need to listen exactly what he said. The biggest one that I took, when there's lots of that, like you could definitely rewind and listen to lots of great information that Sam gave us. But a big one is 
don't do everything. Like you, I, I would suggest if you're definitely create a website that just has a website, you want a presence, mm-hmm. you want to have an LLC, you want to have something that send people to, but I would suggest be an expert, like get to be an expert. Let's say at one thing, let's say it's direct mail, or if you're you know, getting leads, whatever it might be, I want you to get, be so good at that. You're so good that you, once you become expert at that, you are then move on to something else because if you shotgun and try to do everything all at once, you're going to be spending lots and lots of money and you're not going to learn how to really dial in that one way that you're supposed to do it. And you're going to be floundering around, in my opinion. So that's what I would do. It sounds like Sam is the same. Now, Sam, a big thing that a lot of people, they they get nervous. Okay, they get a lead. Then what? <laughs> we negotiate. Let me call them up. Like, do we go visit in their house? What if we're out of state? So the, the getting that under contract, it's always like, well, how, how do I actually get it so that I can then sell it to somebody else? Like, well, there's a few steps in there. It's really not that hard, but walk us through that. So, yeah. So if you're going to get a property in wholesaling, you're wanting to potentially sell it. There's, you know, there's wholesale contracts that are out there that are decent. I would definitely, you can Google them, look them up. I would probably, my suggestion would be to get a wholesale contract from a local investor that you know in the area that you befriended and met at a meetup, somebody that kind of has been through it before rather than create one on your own. Um, If you're an agent, a lot of them will use like special sales contracts type of things, but getting just, it's usually a standard sales contract that just has an assignability clause in it so that you can assign it. And it's not something you don't want to hide. You don't want to be, um, you know, hide that from a, a from a seller. I always say, um, if you want to have a contingency in there, make sure it's a transparent contingency. Make sure the seller knows you have 10 days to get buyers in, to get inspectors in, to get funding sources in, whatever that looks like. You don't, don't shy away from that contingency. That's not something that should be hidden. It's in almost every single real estate contract out there ever. Like anybody that owns their house, there was a financial contingency. There was an appraisal contingency. There was an inspection contingency. Like contingencies are very normal in real estate deals and treated as normal. So the seller does not think that you're trying to pull one over on them. Let them know that you have to get through this period before the contract is solid. And they're usually fine with that. You've connected with them. They're agreed to your number. And, you know, they, uh, they're just, you're just, that's the final T to cross is let them know. And, you know, you can always just tell them, you know, I'll keep you abreast to how how the leads are going and how the process is going, making sure I'll, I'll let you know as we're walking through to be transparent. But as far as the contract goes, there's so many different ways to do it. Every state or, you know, real estate board kind of tends to kind of have their own touch on things. But in general, I would talk to a, a local real estate investor or wholesaler. Most of them have that mindset of abundance that you talked about because they know if you meet them, get to know them and you already know them. Maybe they're like, if I help you out, I'll probably buy a deal from you in the future, or maybe sell you a deal. So um, making those local connections and networking, which I know is a theme on this podcast we've been talking about, but it should be a theme on every podcast because it's super important. But I think those are the main things is again, you're you're getting under contract to purchase. You just have an assignability um, clause or contingency in there um, that allows you to go ahead and sell that and move on and, and still let them, you know, make sure that they're getting what they need for it. You know what I think might be super beneficial for the audience is, would you mind doing a little bit of role-playing where you are the wholesaler? I have a house and let's say I probably it'll be something like this where the person got your, let's say, a direct mail and they're like, I'm kind of thinking about selling. It's kind of in the back of their mind. They want to do it. How would you let's let you mind if we role play a little bit? Let's do it. Awesome. So, OK, so I'm a seller and potential seller, obviously, from the the, the cold call. I'll let you start, even though I gave you a little bit of insights of how I'm going to pers- uh, like go with my uh, answers. But let's go ahead and start. You like a ring, 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 and you're on. 
All right. So, hey, how are you doing today? I, I saw that you called my office and wanted me to give you a call to talk about you potentially selling your house. Yeah. Yeah, Sam. I, I got your letter and I wasn't really thinking about selling, but I know right now the market seems to be okay, um, meaning higher. And I was like, you know what? It would be good to sell. I have this cousin that's get their, their house. We're moving out. They're moving out. I'm going to move into that one. So I might want to sell, but it's not it's something I really am like dying to do. Awesome. Well, that's great. I, I would rather have this situation. Sometimes we get calls from people that really have to sell. So I love that you do not have to sell. So that is awesome. Um, and we're in no pressure. I'm going to would like to schedule an appointment with you to come look at your house and meet you in person, shake your hand. And, and I'm just going to give you your options. I'm an option for you. I, I'm the easy button, but there are other options. I can I can give you a cash offer, which I'm going to do. I can offer you a price to list it, which we can list it for you. Or I'm going to tell you that maybe we're not the best option. So I'd love to you know kind of meet you in person and, and talk with you and go through your house. But before we do that, can I ask you a couple questions uh, about your house? Yeah, totally. Awesome. So um, you're living there now, now, obviously, so it's livable. How would you say the general condition of it? Does it, is it, you know, outdated? Does it need a lot of work or is it pretty much in great shape? I would say it's a little outdated. We haven't done much to it. I mean, just little bits here and there, carpet and paint and stuff like that. Little out of date, out of date. But at the same time, it's it's a decent property. It's not not one of the best ones on the street, but it's definitely not the worst one. Awesome. Well, great. That that's those seem like to be the best ones for us because we can usually give the highest offer. We buy, you know, 250 of these here in the St. Louis area every single year. And we're able to usually offer the most because um, you know, we're able to go through so many. We don't need to make as much quote unquote profit on it. You know, obviously we're going to be buying this and trying to give you the best offer possible, but we're not a charity. We like to at least make a little bit of money. Um, and we do that by volume. So super excited to come check out the property. I uh, get to know you a little bit better and make sure that this is a a good solution for you and make sure that we're a good fit. And if we're not, you know, I'll, I'll shake your hand and maybe even give an introduction to somebody else that can, that can give you a better option. Does that sound okay? That sounds good. I'm a little concerned though, because most people just go with a realtor and, you know, they, we get the highest dollar we put on the market and all that sort of stuff. The first time I've ever talked to somebody that sent me, I mean, I see those bandit signs everywhere, those signs that are on the walls, um, uh, uh, phone poles and stuff. And I got this letter. So, but I've got like three or four of these from different companies. What, it seems like that obviously you're going to make some money. I understand that, but how do I know that I'm not going to get taken advantage of? And I mean, should I even like talk to more people, more than just you? Yeah, I, I always say go through as many options as possible. I, I would say, you know, I don't know that you need to have 20 people tramping through your house, but getting a couple different um, estimates or bids from somebody is, is a great option. And we've been around for over 20 years, and I definitely encourage you to check out our website, uh, our Better Business Bureau reviews and um, our Google reviews and all those things. And we would be happy to get you in contact with somebody that we've dealt with in the past if you'd like a referral and a reference. But we're going to just go there and give you the best options possible. You can definitely listen. We'll walk through that option option with you. I like to, you know, give you multiple options. The the only issue with potentially listing is you don't know what you're going to get. An agent can tell you a certain number, then you'll get an offer, and then there'll potentially probably be inspections and, and and certain things that may have to come into play as far as lowering your offer or things like that. That's not always the case, but that's definitely potentially the case. And, and I do see that every once in a while. But the fact that we're local in St. Louis, have been around for a long time, have multiple options, um, just being honest with you, we usually are the ones that end up getting the contract signed because we give the best option and we provide the best solution. Um, you know, whether you need to, you know, leave 
leave all the stuff there that you're taking away. We, you can leave it there exactly as is. Whether you need to stay in there for a couple of days after we close, we have no problem with that. We can we can keep you there and have you sign a document that um, you can stay there for a little bit um, after closing so you can get to your new place. So I just want to provide you with the best solution as possible. We don't buy every single house that we go to, but most houses were able to provide the best solution. And that usually ends up with us purchasing it. That's great, Sam. Yeah, let's go ahead and schedule a time for you to come out here and take a look at the property. Awesome. We're super excited about it. We'll get that on the schedule and I'll be meeting you soon. Great, Sam. Well, so everybody listening, I hope that, Val, I mean, it was fantastic the way Sam, and I'll, I'll key point of what I want everybody to take away. So if you listen to how Sam did it, the biggest thing that he did that is going to be so much better for the seller is he's focusing on helping the seller serving the seller, helping them get what they want. Now, it might be that he doesn't get the sale because he's helping get something else. It's going to be so much better in the long run where you are so open, you're so helpful. They might be like, you know what? Even though I might lose a little bit of money, I literally had this has happened. Even though I might, you know, leave a little money on the table, I'm going to go ahead and sell with, with Sam or they, they say I buy through you because you're so helpful because you want to take care of them. Whenever I talk to a seller, it's always what would you like to get out of the property? How can I help you get what you need out of this property? Now, I'm going to try my best to get them what they need, but at the same time, they might want a billion dollars, but I can't do that. But I'm going to focus on helping them. So if you listen to, go back and listen to it, because you'll hear Sam, his focus is how can I help this seller, which builds a huge, great rapport, like all those walls of breaking, it will, are breaking down, like go with another realtor, go with another wholesaler. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Go right ahead. I'll help you out even to do that too. It opens up so many doors for you because they see you as the person, which you are, because obviously you want to deliver. I can help you, you know, find other people, but you're trying to help them. That's the biggest thing in this business. I think biz, uh, real estate is not about properties. It's about people. Business is not about a product. It's about people. Life is about people, not just experiences. And so if we focus on the people, the person that we're talking to, my goodness, it makes everything better. Now, Sam, we, we've gone through lots and lots of things. Now, if somebody wanted to work with you, now I know you have a couple of different companies. I love Faster Freedom as well. So I definitely, everybody needs to check out the podcast. But let's say somebody's like, man, I want to start buying in St. Louis. I want to find Sam. I want to buy some of his, you know, be on his, his buyer's list. So talk, talk to us. Some, is there anything that we might have missed? And let's also share with it. How do people get on your buyer's list if they want to buy? But anything else, key points that you think we should know before we sign out? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you said it really well. I think providing solutions and just, we have bought so many houses that were not the highest offer because we provide solutions and are okay with them seeing other people talking to other people. And we had one family that we bought a house from and we've gotten four referrals from that family. And we bought all four houses, a cousin, a neighbor, like just, I don't remember all the connections, but you help these people out. And Usually it's one and one and done in this business, but it doesn't have to be if you develop relationships with the people. So I think you said it great. And then, yeah, if you're in St. Louis, our company, local companies, Faster House. But if you want to get on our buyers list, it's Faster Deals, uh, FasterDeals.com. So, you know, the Faster Freedom, Faster House, Faster Deals, you get the whole Faster uh, the, the little background branding. But yeah, Faster Deals would be local. And if you're St. Louis, again, we have, if you're local, we have a meetup here the third Thursday of every month. It's the biggest in town and we love to provide value there. So um, yeah, I, I think you kind of nailed it all. I don't think I have a ton to add beyond all that. That's terrific. Well, since we're going to be 
at St. Louis or in St. Louis in March of 2024. I'm super pumped to get out there and meet you and have you come be out at RubeCon as well. So I, it's going to be so fantastic. I know there, like a lot of my students and audience, we're we're going to be devouring all this. Now, there's so much more that you can share. Talk to us or tell us how can people find you online, maybe listen to your podcast or even possibly work with you else on Faster Freedom and everything else. Yeah, just um, I would just encourage you to just follow me on whatever social media platform you're on. I do a lot of social media. That's kind of about 75% of what I do. So whatever platform you're on, um, just go search Sam Faster Freedom or Faster Freedom or Sam Prim, and my name will probably pop up. Um, so go ahead and just follow me there. And then if you want to send me a message on Instagram, I'm still the one that answers those the majority of the time. So I will be in there answering questions and I can point you in the right direction or try to help you out in any way possible. And I do have a mentorship and things like that. But I'd say in general, check out my social media and kind of get to know me a little bit better first. And then if that's something you want to do, then we can chat about that in the future. But uh, I, I think it's best to kind of get to know each other a little bit first and make sure that uh, what I teach and how I teach is, is going to work best because I love to get students. We have 1,300 students and own over 200 million in real estate, but um, I want students that like how I teach things and are going to take action. I, I don't, I don't need the the, the mentorship sign up fee um, if you're not going to take action. I, I'd rather just have you hold on to it. Love it, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on the show, bringing lots and lots of value. Look forward to hanging out with you in St. Louis in March of 2024. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to three three seven seven seven. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.